is back number 91 closing in on a hundred booyah feels good feels good and we're a day late but not a dollar short so don't worry about that a day late you can handle with the Hoffcast. a day late you say all right nick <laughs> it's, it's those months it's those months that get in there and you go oh good lord what are you doing but that won't happen again we're gonna we're gonna traipse our way on to a hundred and it's good because football is back. We've got college football's already been going for two weeks. NFL football's coming this weekend. If you're uh, if you're a sports fan, this is one of the great times of year. I love football, especially college football. Did you guys did you guys see that Mackenzie Milton for Florida State, formerly uh, UCF? Did you see that guy play, dude? If you don't know this story. It is incredible. It's this uh, it's this quarterback out of University of Central Florida that the last time he played, they had won like all of their games. And uh, in his, his last game was what was it? It was like uh, it was like 2018 was his last game that he's played up until just this last weekend. And um, he dislocated the top of his leg from the bottom of his leg, like at the knee at like dislocated right there like completely came apart like two different pieces it was a gross injury on the field everybody's like oh that is really bad and it it like separated and they said they said that half the people that this happens to in the world 50 percent of them lose their leg like it's gone they have to do that in order to save them because i guess the bottom half can't get circulation or whatever after it separates like that and uh he went in he had like major i think he had like three different surgeries and uh, they were able to repair it, but they're like, you're never going to play football again. You might walk again. You're never going to play football again. And he's been doing nothing but rehab. And he rehabbed it for like two straight years, then decided he was going to play again. But uh, UCF had already moved on. So he's like, I got to find a new place to play. Florida State took him in. And uh, then they were like being all coy before the game, not announcing who was going to start. And this other guy was pl- uh, got the start. They're like, he, you know, McKenzie will uh, ride the bench. And uh, so this other guy's playing. And he's playing all right. They're 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 losing, but they're, you know, they're scoring a little bit. He's throwing a couple interceptions, but, you know, things are okay. And then all of a sudden, the starting quarterback uh, gets his helmet knocked off. And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing major, just his helmet falls off in, during the course of play because he gets hit and his helmet comes off. And in college football if that happens you you have to come out you either have to take a timeout or you have to come out for one play and so that quarterback had to come out for one play so they put in Mackenzie Milton boom here he comes off the bench not scheduled to play but now here he is for one play and you go and usually when this happens when a quarterback comes off the bench and they're cold they haven't had a chance to warm up yet they just have to come in 99 times out of 100 what does the coach call a handoff okay just like get in there, don't screw this up. Just hand the ball off. You haven't been, you know, you're not ready to go in the game necessarily. It's not like a pitcher where they're like, okay, start warming up lefty out there, start warming up the southpaw, and and they get to throw, you know, ten, fifteen pitches before they come out. This is like he his helmet just got knocked off. Twenty seconds later, you're in, and so McKenzie comes out, 
And we're all thinking, well, he's just going to hand it off. Nope. Drops back for a pass. Hasn't thrown a pass in three years. And his leg, <laughs> his leg, is I don't know what it, what it is. It's like, <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to fall off at any given second. And he throws a perfect 20-yard strike to this guy. And so now the other quarterback can come back in. But he doesn't. He doesn't come back. They, they the coach says no. McKenzie just threw a perfect twenty yard pass, like it's first to ten. Let him let him have another another down, and uh, and then he throws another good pass, and he hands it off a couple of times. Then he goes for a run for five yards, and you go take it easy, McKenzie. Don't don't die out there, and um, and he leads him right down for a touchdown. Now you're going, what in the world? You know the, the by the way the other quarterback. The guy that started, who had played okay the entire game, he's got to be over there going, oh, damn it. Like, really? All I had to do was strap up my chin strap a little tighter, and this doesn't happen? But instead, now I got this Hollywood story happening out on the field that I'm not, you know, I'm like almost the enemy of, like, no fault to his own, but he's he's the antagonist in this. He's the other guy. And he... <laughs> Just because his helmet got knocked off late in the third quarter, now all of a sudden, this uh, the Prince of Tides, the guy that everybody wants in there, is in there. And not only does he go in, he is throwing bullets. He's he's playing amazing. He just let us down for a touchdown. Now we're only down uh, three with you know a few minutes to play in this game, and the crowd's going crazy. And the out the announcers, you know, they've got it all planned. They. They know what they're talking about. They've got all the the talking points that really hit home. What a story. This young kid was supposed to lose his leg, and now instead here he is playing major college football against a top 10 ranked opponent. The Cinderella story from out of nowhere. And uh, and so this kid, Mackenzie, uh, he comes back out the next series. And, and credit to the Florida State coach, okay? I don't necessarily like Florida State. I, I mean, the, those feelings stem back from the 90s when we lost to them in the national championship as a Husker fan. Uh, but but I, I still respect them as a great college football traditional powerhouse. And, and credit to the coach, because when McKenzie threw that touchdown pass, he brought both quarterbacks, like the guy that had played the whole game and played respectably, and McKenzie brought them both in, like put his arms around both of them, and like I don't know what he said, but I gotta imagine me like you guys are amazing. I love both of you. We're you know let's go down and win this game. There's a spot for both of you on this roster. Like here we go, and uh, I don't know. Just it was a nice moment, especially for the quarterback that. He had his helmet knocked off. Like, poor guy. And here's the bad thing. I don't even know his name. I don't even know his <laughs> That's how bad he must feel uh, and how bad this was for him because I, I know Mackenzie Milton, who hasn't thrown a pass in three years, but I don't know this guy that was the starting quarterback for a major uh, college football team. Anyway, coach brought him in, you know, said something to him, and then Mackenzie came out, and they kicked a field goal, went into overtime, and unfortunately... It didn't have the storybook ending, and they ended up losing to Notre Dame in the, in overtime. Uh, but wow, what what a freaking game, and what a cool story that is! If you guys uh, have a chance to go back and like read something or see the highlights of that, that's pretty doggone cool to see a guy that 
uh, you know, had had reached the heights in college football and then reached the lows, and now he's coming back. He's everybody loves a good comeback story, and this is this is a great one. Um, so look out for that. And and I don't know who's going to start the next game. I think you got to stick with McKenzie. I think you got to stick there. But if the coach is smart, he'll do kind of like a a two headed dragon type thing. I would think until somebody clearly pulls ahead i don't think i mean i i feel bad for that one guy <laughs> all he did was lose his helmet for one play He's supposed to come out for one play and and ends up losing his starting job over that that's just ah um and there were some other great games i mean georgia clemson was a low scoring but just a crazy game to have in week one two top five teams and the huskers played well jeez knock on wood hopefully they keep going um, that was, I mean, that first week's loss to Illinois, that stunk. So hopefully we got, we got Buffalo, I think's put up over 60 points last week. <laughs> you go, okay. I mean, traditionally Buffalo, you're not too worried about them, but I mean, the way the Huskers have been playing, you're like, oh no. So hopefully they can get firm ground and, and, uh, put one down again before we have to tr- travel down to Oklahoma. And, and face those Sooners that are pissed about their close call this last week. Um, and they take out their, their anger on us. But uh, you saw this from the road. Had four shows last weekend. Thanks to everybody that came out. Thanks to all the people that found me on here and found me online. Um, I appreciate it. Got to keep you entertained and, and enjoyable, even when I'm not there to do a live show. So thank you for joining us here on the Hoffcast. And I've got new shows cropping up all the time um, and new jokes. New jokes. You guys know I recorded my special, which hopefully will be out before the end of the year. But I don't. I don't know. Uh, I saw a rough cut of it just the other day, um, and it's coming together. So I'm excited, but I don't know if we're going to get it out before the end of the year. There's all this red tape that has to go through. So I'll keep you posted on that as I can continue to talk about it. Um, And, uh, yeah, a lot of shows, a lot of new jokes coming through, so I'm enjoying that. That's my favorite part. And, by the way, for those of you that have been with me on the on the podcast for the last two and a half years, you know there's darkness coming. There's darkness. Like, the the beginning stages of jokes are fun, and then they go through the, like, tweaking phase where you really have to, like, parcel it down, and there's a moment in jokes where they become unfunny. Like, you, you have something, and then you, you, you whittle it a little too much, and it becomes this weird thing that, ah, oh, man... You know, three weeks ago, that joke was killing, and now all of a sudden it's not. What, what the hell did I do? And you got to go back and watch the tape and say, ah, oh, crap, it's because I forgot to tell them this, or or I was putting my hand over here wrong, or I said this wrong, and people think that's racist. I don't know what it is. Um, so there, there's darkness coming, and I, I can feel it. I can feel it, because then you, then you go through those moments where you're like, ah, nothing's funny anymore. Comedy's dead. I'm done. Um, and you got to push through that, but it's, it's hard in the state that like normally I push through those with, you know, I'll do five open mics every single week until I push through that, that painful part. Um, but now that there really aren't a lot of shows still running, there's some, there, most of them are outdoors. Like there's still opportunities to perform, but it's not a lot of the shows that I would like stand on and say, I can do this show every single week and get, you know, 10 minutes worth out of my mouth. Um, those shows aren't around anymore. So it's a little bit dicey. Um, 
But uh, just just be aware that that's coming. Be aware that uh, the darkness is coming. But we're going to keep trying to make it light. We're going to keep doom, doom, bipping. The doom is nigh. And we're going to bip it along. And hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully get through it because I'm excited about these new jokes. By the way, I need to tell you that uh, my Florida date moved. Uh, I was going to be at Side Splitters uh, near Tampa in Wesley Chapel um, later this month, but it got moved to January. So get those tickets if you're in the Tampa area on SidesplittersComedy.com or whatever it is. Or you just go to NickHoff.com. I've got the links up there. Um, I've moved them. So let's let's sell those shows out, you know, and and, and make them realize that uh, they, 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 uh, Nick Hoff is a name, that uh, <laughs> a recognizable name down in the Tampa area. Let's let's get that rolling. And, but still have shows in Oklahoma City and Tacoma, so if you're in those areas, come on through. Um, guys, there was some sadness over the weekend, and I don't want to bring everybody down. I don't want to bring everybody down, but I think it's worth talking about in case any of you are struggling. If anybody out there is is having a hard time with drugs just and I know you know this. I know that you know this. So it kind of goes without saying, but apparently it doesn't cuz people are still doing it. There were uh there were some comedians in Los Angeles, uh a couple of them I I I didn't really know. Um and one of them I didn't know well, but like I'd obviously done a lot of shows with people here and um and they were partying and they were doing cocaine. Which it's like what 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 is this nineteen eighty five like who's doing cocaine and um but they they were and apparently they got a bad batch laced with fentanyl, which apparently is happening more and more, apparently, if you look at the numbers from this last year, it's kind of a scary, crazy number, and anything is scary, but this is like it has reached a lot of people, and here it hit home in the comedy community, and we lost a couple of them um because it was laced with fentanyl and I don't know much about fentanyl but guys don't do illegal drugs don't do it don't do it there are so many other things you can do you don't have to do that like find help if you have to if if you're if you're addicted and and you can't um and you can't see another way around it and you know you're going to slip find some help find somebody that can you know, a place that can take you in, that can figure that out, because, I mean, it's killing people. It killed, there were four people doing it, and three of them died on the scene, okay? The other one is still in the hospital and not really lucid. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but it just don't do, don't do illegal drugs. Some some people were posting, like, links to these fentanyl testing strips, so you can test your cocaine before you do your cocaine. And I'm just thinking... Guys, you you just don't do the cocaine. That is the most ridiculous roundabout way to get high I've ever heard. Like, stop it. Stop it. Figure out a different thing. Find something that you love to eat (laughs) that will kill you slowly. For me, it's candy. And I'm trying to get off it. There's no rehab for candy. Um Maybe there probably is. Somebody is probably sitting in their car listening to this going, no, no, you can totally go to fat camp where they'll kick you off candy. Um, just don't do 
illegal drugs. Like, don't do a roundabout uh, testing strip, whatever. That's so stupid. I don't understand. Like, everybody should know the perils of not only doing the drug, but supporting the kind of businesses that that supply you the drug. Like, all the things. Like, did nobody see Breaking Bad? For everybody that got high, there were people on the back end of those deals. And I realize it's Hollywood, but there's some truth to what happens there. There's some shadiness and some some horrible, horrible tragedy and horrible things that happen on the back end of drugs. Like, you are supporting that when you're doing drugs. That's the thing that, I mean, it's an ancillary benefit to not doing drugs that you don't support these types of people, but you're just looking at it going, yeah, why would you ever want these types of people in your life? The type that would kill, that don't care? Like you, And you see it, by the way. Anytime somebody dies of a drug overdose, there's like three people that were at that place that just bailed on you or or you know the people that just drop their friend off in the front of an emergency room don't even take them in because they're afraid for their own skin it's like get over yourself knock it off be an adult be a human being a compassionate person like just don't get involved in this type of crap like i don't understand this is coming from someone and i know some people can't handle alcohol but it's like I don't know. There are lots of other options out there. Candy, alcohol, just watch TV all day. I don't know what to tell you. Create something. Quit doing these things that are killing people. So it's super sad. And I I hesitated even talking about it because I know I'm mad. That's the way I grieve is I get angry. And I know that's like a portion of grief. I, I forget what the four stages of grief are. It's like uh, sadness, denial, um, and then anger. Let's see here. There, that uh, does grief always follow the same order of stages? Um, let's see. Denial. That's number one. Denial, anger, bargaining. Which I don't know who who are you bargaining with? What where is the bargaining? Oh, I'll be happy if this. I don't understand that part. Bargaining. Uh, then depression and acceptance. So I kind of skip denial. I think in most cases, and I go right to anger. And and I also joke, by the way. As a comedian, that's how I get rid of awkward and sad situations is I make jokes about it. So, and those are things that I keep to myself, by the way. Um, you got to know your you got to know your audience. There were some people on Twitter when this horrible thing happened that were immediately saying the jokes, and you go, okay, like I get it. This is how you know I'm friends with a lot of comics. This is how some of us grieve and how some of us process this pain. Um, but maybe, maybe the rest of us don't need to see you actively processing. So I, I questioned even talking about it, but I, I feel like the, it's worth saying, it's worth, uh, notifying everybody that this is happening just in case you're one of those people that are still doing these, uh, illegal recreational drugs. Maybe this will be eye opening. To some, or maybe somebody you know that you're like, oh man, Steve still does cocaine. I better talk to Steve about this. Like, because not everybody in the community or not everybody outside of the comedy community heard about this. So you might not be aware that a lot of drugs are tainted these days. Like, you can't, and if you can't trust your drug dealer, who can you trust? Really? Like, I, I thought that this guy, I thought, uh, I thought Jackknife or whatever the name of a drug dealer is, I thought he was a good dude. You know, I thought uh, I thought balloon butt was was a kind of guy you want to have over for Thanksgiving. Who would have thunk that some of them were lacing their drugs with fentanyl? Um, 
and and I saw a lot of people asking the question, like, why would a drug dealer want to kill their own uh, customers? What I heard was that it's uh, it's you know rival drug lords are you know spiking other people's supply chains so that they get investigated because when something like this happens, when people do cocaine and nothing goes wrong, um, you know it's not investigated by the police because they nothing went wrong, so nobody's there to check it. But when people die. Police get involved. Okay, who was the supplier? Where did it come from? Let's find the source. And then those people go down because, uh, you know, they were they were putting out a, a salty product. And um, and so that's a that's a drug uh, lord or whatever you call him, the, the boss. That's their way of getting rid of other bosses that are encroaching on their territory or that they want their territory. So that's how that happens, what I heard. Um, and by the way, this very same weekend, there was a there was an actor that died that was in The Wire. A lot of people's favorite character from The Wire um, died of, I think they were saying it was heroin, but it was still laced with fentanyl. So it looks like... There, you know, this is this is going into lots of things, which is a scary, scary deal. Um, and so, just don't don't get into it. Find a different way. Find a different way. And if help is something you need, um, I, I can I can plug you in with some resources. Uh, so reach out to me if if you need help, and I can I can help you get that. Okay, some people aren't strong enough to do it on their own, but if you reach out to me, I will help you. I I will figure out a way to get you help. So don't do that, you guys. Don't get the testing strips. Don't be don't be putting out a line of cocaine and then being like, but we're responsible, nose candy users. And you just start, I don't even know how you would test your cocaine. You swish, swish the line and then you got to recreate. Or maybe you make the line with the testing strip. <laughs> and then you say, oh, wait, the testing strip turned blue. Nobody... Nobody snort this up into your nasal cavity. So I guess we got oh, dog got it. We gotta we gotta call balloon butt and get him over here. I, I have a good mind to write the mayor about balloon butt. How dare he lace my cocaine with fentanyl? Gosh dang it. I can't believe people I've I've only seen cocaine once in my life. It was it was at a comedy club and they were like somebody took it past on a tray. They were like, look, 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 look cocaine. I, I looked at it and I thought, whoa. It's like all of a sudden Miami Vice came out. I was like, what year is this? What? Who just brought this? It's like somebody driving up a Model T car and you're just like, is this normal? Is that a, is that a thing that people are doing? It's so weird. Just don't do it, you guys. It's really sad. Um, and it sounds like the one person that uh, is in the hospital is going to pull through, but I mean, it's just not good. And that, and that person's life is, you know, kind of torched right now. Like that, uh, they had three friends. They were sitting around that just died around him. Like, ah, oh, so sad. So don't do that. Uh, instead, listen to the Hoffcast. Enjoy, enjoy your life. You know, there's no reason, there's no reason, there's there's tons of things you can do that are enjoyment out there. People are putting out more content now than ever before in the history of the world. Like, there's so many things that can keep your brain active and, and you can learn. And I'm trying to learn and trying to, you know, help us move forward, move forward with laughter. And I hope, I'm hope, I hope I'm able to do that. By the way, I want to give a shout out here. I want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Jeff Moore's. Uh, who started a new career with this company called Love the Process, and they sent me some some things in the mail. 
And it's all about, I think, being productive and, and loving what you do and loving, uh, you know, finding, finding joy in the activities that you're doing and the, and the things that you need to accomplish. So he sent me some stuff in the mail. I want to give a shout out. And good luck to him and his endeavors. Uh, love the process. I think it's probably lovetheprocess.com if you want to check it out or just Google that. And you can find out more about that company. They're, they're doing some cool, interesting things. And I think uh, he's a good dude and he deserves, uh, deserves a little bit of um, attention over there. You know, it's a, it's a company trying to get up off the ground. And I think that's admirable. Anybody starting something that uh, takes so much courage to go and do that. It takes so much courage to put yourself out there and and uh and try and launch something so you know anytime somebody does that it's worth a look it's worth a look and then possibly um some time some you know check it out and maybe it maybe it'll help you um i'm trying to get it to help me you know <laughs> unfortunately they sent me this thing my most important tasks today are and i put four of them down there and i did one of them <laughs> but i guess that's that's something that's something. And this is, uh, by the way, this podcast is the second thing that was on the list. So now we're knocking out two of them. So, you know, 50%, you can't argue with that unless it's talking about possibly losing a leg, and then those aren't great numbers. Uh, but if Mackenzie Milton can make a comeback, then so can we. And we're coming back stronger than ever. Oh, by the way, by the way, holy crap. So this week is this Saturday is the 20-year anniversary. <laughs> I'm just realizing this This podcast is getting more and more depressing as we go along. It started out so high with football, uh, <laughs> and then it came to like shows being moved, and then it went into overdose, and now it's just going to, we're going to hit the final stride of the podcast with <laughs> the 20-year anniversary of September 11th. Oh, boy. Aren't we happy that we tuned in this week? Uh, episode number 91 took a dark turn. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, but it's it's like as, as tragic as 9-11 was. I had never heard this story before. They were interviewing a guy who surfed down the side of the building as it was collapsing. Have you guys heard this story yet? About Apparently, he... Uh, I mean, they're calling it surfing down the side. Really, what he did was he, like, he, he was able to... St- stay up on the piece of cement or concrete that he was in like he he was running down the stairs so here's the story i'll tell it to you you can you can google it if you want to read more about it but this guy is in the tower he feels and hears it like hit he hears something he hears like an explosion hears it but it's above him and uh, he calls his wife and he says hey will you turn on the tv and tell me what the heck's going on because, you know, this is 2001, it's not like, you know, Twitter's ablaze or anything. Like, you had to wait for the news to tell you what was going on. So he's like, can you tell me what's going on? And she turns on the TV, she's like, oh, oh man, uh, a plane hit your building. Uh, and he's like, oh, holy cow. And so, But he thought he was fine because it happened above him. Like, he thought, well, I'll fire off a couple more emails or whatever the hell I got to do. And And so he hangs up and... And then he gets like a funny feeling. He starts to feel like, uh oh, this might not end well for me. And so he calls his wife back and he says, Hey, and she goes, What are you why are you still there? Run, go, get out. And so he he starts you know, you can't use the elevator, so he goes to the stairs and he's running down the stairs and firemen are passing him on the way up, and he gets to the twenty second floor. So I don't know what floor he started on, but he's going down 
the stairs and he gets to the 22nd floor and he feels like he hears something and he feels giant rumbling. So it said he just like went down into a fetal position up against two concrete walls, like in the corner of the stairwell. And it, you know, the building comes down and whatever it splits open. And, and he, the like stairs that he was on, like just, he was able to ride them out ride them away and out from the building, like some crazy, like Lord of the Rings, Legolas, the elf type thing, riding down the elephant. Like he was able to just stay on top of this giant cement thing that just kind of like broke off and slid on the side. And he survived. He had like a broken leg and ankle and that was it. And so they talk about survivor's guilt and, you know, he had a bunch of coworkers that perished in, in that tragedy, but he was just, I'd never heard that story that they, you know, it got me with the the click. The clickbait was that he surfed down the side of the building. And I don't think it was quite that, you know, he, it wasn't like he was standing and, and like, hang 10 dudes. But he but he was able to ride that piece. I, I was fascinated by that story. I'd never heard that before. Like, I knew there were horrible things that had happened. People were jumping out the windows and stuff. But I'd never heard that uh, some guy was able to ride a concrete staircase down the side and survive and tell the story. It's, it's just wild. And you, you think about it in times like this and you say, you know, what, why, what, why am I still here and other people aren't? And I, I used to have a joke. Uh, I, I, I love performing this joke, but it didn't get the biggest laugh. It got a good laugh, but not, not the biggest one. So it fell out of favor, but I used to tell a story. There was a plane flight in Kentucky that had like 50 people on it. You know, a smaller plane was leaving Kentucky and it crashed and there was only one survivor. The whole plane, 50 people, one guy lived. This happened, uh, you know, around 20 years ago, something like that. One guy survived it. Actually, it was right when I started comedy. It must have been like 15 years ago, 14 years ago, something like that. Um, one guy survived, and I go, man, if you're the one guy that survived that plane crash, you must look at yourself every single day in the mirror and just be like, and then I would start to flex in front of the mirror like like I'm Superman. Like, can you believe I must, I'm, un, I'm, I'm unbreakable. I'm invincible here. Um, and it got... A moderate laugh. Let's let's be real. This was early in my career. I say it got a good laugh. Looking back, probably got a moderate laugh, which is why I don't do that joke anymore and why right now you guys are rolling your eyes going, thank God you don't do that joke anymore. I, you know, I think it had merit. I think it had merit. But yeah, you got to you gotta look at the yourself and think, why why am I still, uh, you know, how did I do that? How did, uh, so many p- other people didn't make it and I got lucky. Like I, any other staircase... Any other like floor, and I'm probably squashed. But I, you know, I went down here. My wife, maybe had I left before my wife yelled at me, maybe I wouldn't have made it out. Maybe I'd have only been down to the tenth floor, and um, and 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 I would have been smished. But because I waited that extra second, you know, it's it's impossible to second guess what's going on. I just thought that was kind of a cool story amidst all the sadness. You know, there was just this one thing, this ray of hope. And and the guy says he just wants to, you know, make the world a better place. He wants to live every day with purpose and, and, and help those around him. So it sounds like he's doing the right thing. Sounds like he's taking the bip out of that doom, which with this podcast, we're going to cheer him on. We're going to, we're going to, I think that's really cool. I'm going to share the article um, if anybody wants to see it. Otherwise, you can just Google like uh, 
surfer. I, that's a weird combination. <laughs> Google's probably banging its head up against the wall trying to figure out why you're doing that. But 9-11 buildings, survivor, surfer type thing, and you can read all about it. It's a crazy story. Um, and with that, we're going to end this podcast before it gets any sadder because I don't know where to turn from here. You know, it feels weird to make jokes after talking about 9-11. But um, that's what we do. We try to find the light in the dark. And we've done that for another week. This is episode number 91. We are um, September 8th. Sorry, it's a day late. September 8th of 2021. Guys, go out there. Make the world a better place. Have fun. Laugh today. Cry today. Hug somebody. And tell your coke addict friends to knock it off. And we'll see you guys again next week. Doom, doom, bitch.